Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We're heading back to the mall again, but not everyone is going there to shop. In Okemos, near Lansing, you'll find a mall that invites you to go-kart, axe throw, and just have a good time. With beautiful hilltop views over the Leelanau Peninsula, Shady Lake Cellars produces one of the largest percentages of estate-grown wine in the region. As you search for gifts this season, All Things Marketplace offers up Michigan-made ideas. And as we get ready for winter, a stop at the Top of the Lake Snowmobile Museum will get you set for the season. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Happy to be back with you again this week as we look into places and people that you will meet, want to meet along the way as you travel around the beautiful state of Michigan, a place we call Pure Michigan, and a place that uh, we all need to explore more than we have, especially these last couple of years. Isn't it true we've missed going to these places? We've missed seeing all these people. So let's get out there this season and really enjoy ourselves. And speaking of enjoying yourself, our first guest is going to tell us about a place where if you are not smiling within a minute after you get there, you're not paying attention. We're going to go to High Caliber Karting and Entertainment in Okemos. This is in the Lansing area to find out about uh, all the, the new things that are happening at High Caliber Karting and Entertainment. Jordan Munsters is with us, the uh, Chief Fort Officer with High Caliber Karting. Uh, Jordan, uh, it's good to talk to you. It's been too long. Thanks for having me, Dave. Uh, you have such a wonderful entry into this. It just makes me smile. Uh, well, I tell you, uh, we've been there. Let's see. I've been there a couple of times, and I was there the first time with the Under the Radar TV crew for PBS as we were doing a show. Yeah. And then uh, I came there over the holidays with our entire team as a group kind of networking gathering experience you have it all there and you've continued to expand so tell us about the operation what we can expect when we head uh, there to uh, Okemos to check it out okay so when you first visited we had 80,000 square feet yep so inside of that we've got two high-speed indoor go-kart tracks so these are Italian go-karts capable of speeds of 50 miles an hour just it, it'll wear you out with the g-forces yeah. if you if you can really push it true <laughs> um with with that we also have a system called combat karting we're the only people in the world that have this um so everybody's pretty much familiar with mario kart it's pretty much that um so when you race around the track you have a heads-up display that shows you weapons power-ups shields you shoot the other cards that lights them up they physically slow down let you pass them you got a shield that allows you to deflect shots there's targets that when you shoot them, fog blasts off in the air. It gives you special weapons so you can hit everybody. Um, our goal was to build real-life Mario Kart, and this is about as similar as we can get. We also have a restaurant, a bar over in this 80,000 square feet, two rage rooms, which is you can go into, and you've got these different tools like sledgehammers, baseball bats, crowbars. You get to smash stuff like TVs and recycled uh, glass and 
um, just really anything that you want. You can even bring your own stuff in, just kind of let out some of the stress the last couple of years has built up in people. <laughs> um, we also have a 42-piece arcade, so tons of different arcade games available for everybody. And then these two tables are called pocket soccer tables, which is it's like pool, but they're like 15-foot by 10-foot tables that you do with it. You actually play it with these soccer, by, soccer ball-sized pool balls, and you use your feet. Um, there's two VIP rooms over there, actually three. We're finishing up the third one right now. Uh, that you can host company outings in, bachelor parties, birthday parties. We get a lot of that stuff here. But when we were building this all out, we actually signed the contract about two weeks for a 25,000-square-foot expansion before the shutdown hit us, which was wonderful because, honestly, we finished it up right about the time everybody started coming back, and everybody really needed to reach Oh, yeah, right. And in that 25,000-square-foot, it is gorgeous. We brought in 67 different local artists to do everything from a – 140 foot mural on the outside of the building to each individual platform. We have uh, foaling over there. So football bowling uh, it, uh, started in Hamtrak and here in Michigan, it's kind of propagated across the country, really popular, but all the platforms are decorated by local artists. We traveled around during COVID and uh, dropped off these platforms with the artists because they didn't have anything going on and did a big contest and uh, public voting and everything. So we, you know, it's got all their placards and everything there. But um, throughout the facility, it's, I mean, we have real trees hanging from the ceiling. It is just a breathtaking space. You mentioned so, some of the attractions you have there and the fact that you have a bar. Uh, you didn't mention axe mm-hmm. throwing. So bars, axe throwing seems like a perfect yeah, combination, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> uh, nothing could go wrong there. But But I have to tell you, with our group, we did the axe throwing. And I'm used to working with chainsaws and axes on my wooded property. Um, I found that very easy. And it's like the only thing that I could kind of say was athletic that I could really say I was good at. So I can't wait to check it out again. Yeah, we've got 16 lanes of axe throwing with this like lounge style seating with uh, trees hanging from the ceiling. But the reason why it was found it easy is we have a different target than what you'll find anywhere else in the, in the world. It's uh, there's 49 six by six blocks that we have this big guillotine that compresses them together like you're hitting the end grain. Most axe-throwing rooms, you're hitting a board, so the axe has to be perfectly uh, perpendicular. You can't cut across the grains. It wears out. It, you go through a lot of wood. It's very wasteful. So we built this whole setup that it's a, we call it the end grain target. And we actually project the images on it, so you can do um, tic-tac-toe, connect four. We gamified the whole aspect, so very different than what you'll find in other. I have places. to tell you, it is just such a great place, uh, and and I have to find more about this gamified go karting experience because going fifty miles per hour or something like that through all those windy tracks, I was dizzy after about seven or eight laps. And I tried this against you. Big mistake. Hey, we're going to run out of time, Jordan. Um, tell us where you are located. So we are at the Meridian Mall in Okemos, Michigan. Uh, so we're on the north side of that 105,000-square-foot anchor location there. It's, uh, it's, it, you've taken up quite, quite a big corner of that mall. Uh, and I think yeah. what you are doing there is going to be replicated all throughout the country and throughout the world, frankly, because, as we all know, people aren't going to malls like they used to, not to shop like we used to because of, you know, the opportunity to buy things online and whatever. So uh, you need to check this out. Here's the website. Do some exploring uh, before you go, and then go and have a heck of a good time. It's High Caliber Carting. Dot com and that's carting with a K. Our thanks to Jordan Munsters from High Caliber Carting and Entertainment, a really incredible place. We're heading up north next to Shady Lane Cellars here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org.
It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. This time of the year, I think is for most people, that time of the year when they start thinking about taking those winery tours, when they drive around, go to various wineries all around the state. And of course, most people will go to one of two regions in Michigan because they want to see more than one winery. They want to taste various wines at different places. So they'll either go to that southwest corner of the lower peninsula that kind of st joe benton harbor niles you know that region and in those wineries there they're really awesome and they have a bunch of you know distilleries and craft beer places and all that as well in addition to you know antique shops and retail and it's just it's an awesome area the other area that most people go to and this is probably the more popular area or most popular area in michigan is that area around traverse city that that region is very popular, especially at this time of year. So I'm going to uh, suggest to you that you consider going there this season, but make sure you get your hotel rooms in advance because even now, as we are in the uh, fall season, it's it's going to be a bit busy because it is time to check out those wineries. We're going to go to one of them next. We're going to head up to Sutton's Bay in the Leelanau Peninsula, beautiful little town, and we're going to talk to the folks at Shady Lane Sellers. Andy Fless is with us. He is the vineyard manager. Andy, it's great to have you with us. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. You bet. Uh, pleasure uh, to be here. Happy you are. And, you know, it, what a great town that, that you guys happen to be located nearby or in. Sutton's Bay, what a neat little place. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful little town. Uh, there's cool shops there to visit. Um, it seems to be very popular all throughout the summer. And um, and even into the fall, you know, fall is a very beautiful time to visit up here. Um, you know, we get like that Great Lakes maritime effect, yeah. right? We have uh, we have such nice days and then cool nights, which is also really great for the fruit. You know, that's what I've heard. The combination of the fact that um, you know we just happen to be you know at that forty fifth parallel. So we're we're kind of in that perfect position for wine growing. And then on top of that, the way that the land is formed there with these glacial moraines, these kind of hills that are there are really good for, for grape growing. Yeah, exactly. We have some really deep, well-drained soils, uh, which match up great for grapevines. And that coupled with the coupled with the lake effect weather, um, really really kind of extend our growing season. Like you mentioned with the Southwest and up here in the Northwest, um, there's a reason we're growing grapes here and that's because of that kind of extended season that we get. So actually I heard a, um, an extended forecast from the MSU meteorologist the other day that we are supposed to be warmer and drier than average this fall. So it's gonna be a great time to come visit. Yeah, certainly comfortable to, to travel. Is that is that good? you know, condition-wise for, for growing grapes and for having grapes at the the right, you know, temperature, so to speak, for winemaking? Yeah, yeah. We want uh, we want those warm, sunny days, and we've had a lot of them this summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're a little bit ahead of schedule with the fruit ripening, and that's kind of what's going on out there right now. Uh, so it's a really fun time to visit. We um, There's a bunch of fruit to kind of come out and nibble on in the vineyard. It's a really fun process to do. You know, we we encourage folks to um, to to wander the grounds. You know, we, we mentioned that topography, and we have uh, a beautiful estate here, lots of rolling hills, and we just want people to come out, hang out, 
on the patio and uh, and feel free to roam around. You know, trying the fruit is a, is a really fun thing to do in addition to, of course, trying the wine. I mean, we want people to definitely try the wine, but, um, you know, wandering the property and, and checking out the ripening fruit is, is a cool way to kind of bring in fall. You know, that is the experience for me because you can go to the store if you just want to get a bottle of wine. But if you really want the entire experience, you need to head to uh, our wineries. And, and luckily, here you are in uh, the middle of um, this, this pretty big uh, winery district, both on the Leelanau Peninsula and the Old Mission Peninsula. Plenty of wineries for people to check out, do some tasting and such. Now, do you do you actually source all of your grapes from your orchards or your, your vineyards? Yeah, so we are one of the one of the largest percentages of estate grown fruit here um, at our winery. You know, we're a pretty small operation, but um, having the ability to to grow all of our own fruit and and do it the way that we want it. You know, there's certain diff- certain things that you can manipulate in the vineyard to to kind of bend the grapes towards a certain style. I mean, we all have that cool climate style up here. But um, there's there's certain things that we can do to make the Riesling a little more this way or a little more green apple-y or a little more, you know. Um, so there's some different styles. You know, I have friends in California and in Oregon, and both of them, they're really proud of their, their wineries, and they know a lot about wine in their districts. And what they say to me kind of off the side always is, listen, Dave, you know, you guys have great quality wine in Michigan, and they're just happy that we don't have as much room to grow the grapes here as they do, because I think, you know, they'd be concerned that maybe we'd get a little more attention than we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Growing style too is, is, um, is, is like how you farm is becoming very popular, right? Out there out he- and, and filtering over to here. So one, one of the things that kind of sets us apart is that we became SIP certified uh, in 2020 and what that means basically is that we're sustainable in practice, right? SIP. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that just means that we're, it's a, it's a certification that shows that we're doing things that good stewards of the land do. And, um, and we're working with the ecology and trying to create these, these ecological systems on our property and in the vineyard um, so, that, so that we're farming in a way that's very respectful of nature. That's a smart thing to do. It's, the, it's you know, obviously the right thing to do, but it's also smart. What we're seeing, an interesting thing happened, I think partially because of COVID. People are looking for more sustainable practices, even in their travel. So they don't want to just go to places where everybody else is and, and such. They, they want to go to places where they know that the local people care about their communities and take care of them. So it's it's obvious you're doing that at Shady Lane Cellars. Now, what what type of wine do you specialize in? Uh, we have a you know we have a pretty diverse menu available for folks, um, but I would highlight a couple things that I think are going to be really good going into the fall, and that is that we have a, a cool thing that we're doing right now. It's a vertical tasting of Chardonnay, and so what that means is a vertical tasting is is consecutive years or vintages. And so what we have is the 2017, 18, and 19 of our Chardonnays. And it's kind of a cool thing to just try different years and compare them and see, you know, we're, we're kind of a variable climate up here. So every year is different. And that I think is a positive thing because 
the, we strive, of course, for, for quality assurance every single year, and, and we achieve that. But um, it's, it's a neat thing to kind of compare the years and say, oh, this, this year was a little warmer, this year was a little cooler, slightly different acids or slightly different tones and fruit notes that you pick up when you're, when you're kind of sipping and smelling. And then another one that's really great for the fall is our Pinot Noir. And uh, that's one of my favorites. Uh, we have a couple of other really nice, lush, soft reds uh, as well that are great. But, um, but we have a, a really cool site where we have our Pinot Noir, and, um, and the vines are a little bit on the older side. So they're mm-hmm. pretty, pretty mature, and they're kicking out some really nice fruit quality right now. And, uh, you know, it's a great bottle to, to kind of um, – have a little chocolate and push a little romance on your partner while you're up here for a you know a nice romantic getaway. We get a lot of that this time of year. We yeah, get a I lot bet. of couples and and adults kind of coming up for a little quick weekend getaway, and uh, that combined with you know all the little towns and shops that we have in the region, the beaches. You know, I still go to the beach all all through the fall. Um, it's a really it's a really nice thing to have a cool beach night with a fire and a glass of wine as well there you go and you know just at at your tasting room i know you can step out in the patio and enjoy those beautiful days those beautiful views from the hilltop looking over the peninsula it's uh it's a great idea it's shady lane cellars the website is shadylanecellars.com and our thanks to andy fless for being with us today we're going to head to detroit talk about shopping locally here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. I don't know if you're the same way that I am. When, when I'm traveling around especially, I like to find things that um, kind of represent that that place where I was, you know, for either gift ideas or for um, kind of as mementos of my visit. I, I just like those things, sometimes just little things, sometimes things that I really need that I might find a really great deal. And I'm a, a big lover of art, as anybody who listens to this program might know. So I look for locally produced art as well. Often art that not only is made in that local area, but uh, that, that kind of features that region as well. So you never know what's out there. And I'm always looking for places that can offer this kind of unique combination of uh, something that might be a good gift, something that might be something for me, but something that certainly is from that area. So we came upon this company that's called All Things Marketplace. It's in Detroit. It's on Michigan and Trumbull, at least right in that area, over by the old Tiger Baseball game site. And it, again, it's called All Things Marketplace. And this is an interesting place. Let's find out all about it today by bringing in Jennifer Crawford. She's the owner of All Things Marketplace. How are you, Jennifer? I am doing great. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, really, really happy to talk to you. This this is an interesting concept. Um, so All Things Marketplace, explain what this is. Uh, so during COVID, we weren't able to produce our large-scale events. And so I had the, since I work with so many local makers, I had the idea to help them get their products out to customers during the pandemic. So All Things Marketplace is actually a shipping and fulfillment center for local businesses. So we actually store, opened a storefront 
so customers could have easy access, and then we ship and fulfill all the orders that come through our website for local makers. Now, you were you were actually operating all things Marketplace before COVID, or did this uh, come in as a response to it? So in 2017, we actually created All Things Marketplace. It was an online marketplace for local makers, kind of like an Etsy in a sense. And I wanted to kind of create what I did offline, which is pop-ups. I wanted people to have access to those businesses. So we created All Things Marketplace in 2017 to just give them easy access to those businesses, but we weren't shipping the packages. So we actually came up with the shipping and fulfillment concept during 2020. Well, that's fantastic. You know, uh, prior to that time at Pure Michigan, we were thinking about having some kind of an online store for Michigan products, but it's not, you know, our expertise. We, you know, we don't know how to do that. We were just thinking, well, how can we do this? And then, as you mentioned, Etsy came along and we thought, well, okay, people can order at least some things online that are locally produced, but you've kind of put it all together where you can you know, come into the the storefront and uh, find some of these things. Do you also offer online uh, purchases for your products? Yes, each store has their own has their own store on the marketplace because it's important to us that people really see who they're shopping with. They can learn about the actual business. So each business has their own store on our online marketplace. So people purchase from the marketplace, and then we ship and fulfill all the products, and we actually offer in-store pickup as well. Well, we'll mention the website again later on, but it is allthingsmarketplace.com where you can learn more. Now, uh, Jennifer, um, let's let's figure out what, what type of products that, that you offer and what businesses you're representing, because I'm hearing you're, you're offering something like you know 50 or so businesses, mostly from the Detroit area. Is that correct? Mostly from the Detroit area, uh, and they're all a lot of them are handmade. Uh, and then what's great about All Things Marketplace is not just representing the local small businesses, we represent uh, nonprofits as well. Uh, the Detroit Dog Rescue, we actually handle all their shipping and fulfillment, uh, the Detroit Riverfront Conservancy, and then also the Detroit Historical Museum. So it's a service that you know a lot of nonprofits are taking advantage of as well. Mm. So, so before we get into the others, um, as you talk about those nonprofits, uh, what type of items would the like Detroit Historical Society have or the Riverfront Conservancy? So you know that the Detroit Riverfront was voted the best in the U.S. by yeah. U.S. Today. That's cool. So uh, the Riverfront Conservancy, we carry their really cool patches that say the best in the Riverfront, sweatshirt shirts and T-shirts, and it really just helps people promote this beautiful riverfront that we're so proud of. And with the river, with the Detroit Historical Museum, all of the classic Detroit bad boy sports apparel, uh, a lot of books, just a wide range of items come from the Historical Museum, but we do get a lot of sportswear from them as well. Well, that's that's a big deal. People really want to show their pride uh, for Detroit. The funny thing is, you know, I live on the other side of the state, but I consider myself kind of a Detroit wannabe and a, a Detroiter, even though I don't live in Detroit. Uh, so I'm looking for that type of stuff to show my pride of our biggest city as well. So what are some of the other items and some of the other um, uh, retailers that you represent? So we have Naturally Illustrated. Uh, they actually uh, illustrate coloring books. It's a, uh, she has two coloring books, and she can also do custom coloring books as well. So we carry her items in the store. Mm. A lot of handmade pieces. There's Centurion's Creations, 
he makes these beautiful handmade ceramic bowls and uh, vases and uh, magnets. And we also have uh, another local artist, Debbie LaPratt. She makes great ceramic pieces where we have a cool badge of the old Tiger Stadium. And it's only fitting because we're located where yeah. the old Tiger Stadium used to be. So right. um, just all these amazing, we really love the handmade pieces. And we're really getting into representing more artists. We uh created the backspace into an art gallery. We've turned it into an art gallery, so people actually come in and purchase art as well. So we represent a number of Detroit artists. But it's also a great place where you can come from and purchase a T-shirt by Detroit Made, uh, Detroit Respect, and then we have candles. I mean, you can just come here and find anything. Uh, you know, it sounds like you you built an, an organization kind of on the concept of, of the way a lot of the antique stores operate in Michigan, where they'll have the building and they might have some of their own items, but then they have space for other antique owners and, and they sell it on consignment. So whatever they sell, the you know, that building owner gets a, a little slice of it. And But by doing that, it brings all these people together in one space. Yes, and that is the concept. So people can see a variety we're representing Detroit and not just Detroit. We're representing Michigan because people can come here and purchase anything and really learn about the businesses that are here. I mean, people can come into the shop and we actually, they can point to an item and ask about it and we can actually give them the story or the background on the business that actually created or where the product actually comes from. So that is a concept that we really hold on to because like I said, we really want people to know about the artist. Yeah. Now, are are most of your items uh, kind of like De- Detroit oriented or Detroit centric? Yes, I would say about eighty percent of the items are. Yeah. What are some of the other other items that people can look for? Uh, we have amazing tote bags. Uh, there's a bold design. She makes coasters and serving trays, and actually, she does marble counters. And she works on homes, and so she takes that and she makes coasters and she makes the trays. Um, I mean, I can go on and on. Then we represent Calibri, the artist. She does beautiful hand um, hand paintings. She does her pencil art, and then she also creates these beautiful pieces of local, of not local celebrities, but of celebrities. We have the Obamas hanging in the space. Mm. We have Prince hanging in the space. So it's. It's cool, but also if you want to come and get a really cool Detroit Pistons jacket that, you know, these satin ones, that the starter jackets that were out in the 90s, 80s, and hmm. 90s, you can come and get that as well. Wow, that, that's neat. I, I, just, I just love this idea. Um, it, it really is cool. I mean, how did, how did you get into this? Uh, this? This is not something that people just kind of pick up, is it? No, it is not. I actually started my business in my one-bedroom apartment 10 years ago. I'm Mm -hmm. celebrating 10 years in business this year. And so I created, uh, I did a pop-up for my friends, uh, and it was called Pepper Pick and Purchase because all of my friends sold some type of product when they were making earrings or they were selling Avon or they did nails. And that's really how I came up with the concept of starting my business, which my company name is Ask Jennifer. And I create platforms for small businesses, and those platforms are pop-ups and then also things like All Things Marketplace. And it's all to put small businesses in front of thousands of customers, getting people to learn their stories, and pushing those products forward. Uh, and so that's really how I got started, and it really has grown. 
You know, that is so Michigan. That That's the Michigan story right there. You know, being innovative and finding a new, better way to do things, reinventing yourself or coming up with your own style of business. That That is the the, the story of how so many entrepreneurs uh, have come out of Michigan and why we have so many successful entertainers and, and other people who are just innovative. You're, you're living the, the pure Michigan life and figuring it all out, and we get to benefit from it. So I can't wait to check it out. Uh, you should check it out as well, All Things Marketplace. And it is in Detroit, Michigan, and Trumbull. To find out more, go to the website, allthingsmarketplace.com. Our thanks to Jennifer Crawford from All Things Marketplace. Hope you take advantage of some of those great ideas this gift-giving season. We're going to head way up north to the northernmost point of Lake Michigan. It's coming up next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I know this might seem like a, a, a unique time of the year to be talking about this, but it really isn't. We're going to be talking about a place in the Upper Peninsula in the beautiful little town of Nobbin Way. Do you know where Nobbin Way is? Nobbin Way is this little town where I once saw a mountain lion, by the way. Uh, this little town along US 2. If you cross the Mackinac Bridge going north, and then you go from St. Ignace toward, uh, let's say, Escanaba. You're going to eventually go through Nobbin Way on that trail. And you're going to go through the most beautiful road I, I can think of, actually. US 2, when it, when it crosses right along that shoreline of Lake Michigan at the northern part of uh, Lake Michigan, it is just awesomely beautiful. So hard to describe. But Charlie Valier might be able to describe this. Uh, Charlie is the chairperson of the top of the Lake Snowmobile Museum. And I think uh, Charlie also represents the top of the Lake Communities Association. So we're going to find out uh, what Charlie and the group has been up to lately. Charlie, it's gr- great to have you on the show. Yes, thank you. It's we were to be with you. Well, I was there. I've, I met with you last fall, I think it was. I was up there with the Under the Radar guys, Tom Dalton and Jim Edelman, and we were recording some segments for the TV show, and it was really great to meet you. And and I had told you even then, I had never been to the top of the Lake Snowmobile Museum before. I had driven by it many times, and I really enjoyed the visit. Tell people about the museum. All right. Well, the museum itself, uh, we started in 07, we're about the history of snowmobiling, uh, so we've got some of the homemade stuff, some of the one-of-a-kind stuff. Uh, we've got lots of different things. Uh, snowmobiling is a big part of the UP. Started off uh, as work sled. Snowmobiling started for work sleds right here in this town in Abenway is a fishing village, and you go 200 miles, or excuse me, two miles out into Lake Michigan, get 200 pounds of fish. You had to have a way of carrying them off the ice. So when the snowmobile came along, they used the snowmobile. Mm. So they were started for work. That's what snowmobiling started for. Um, and then, of course, it got into recreation vehicles and it got into racing. Uh, so we've got 185 snowmobiles here. Uh, we have people from all over the United States and the country 
people from all different countries are, are stop here. We keep track of that best we can. Um, we're open nine to five, seven days a week. Um, it's what I do. Uh, um, it's my hobby. Um, but you were saying about Knobway, it's 42 miles west of the Mackinac Bridge, right on the it's US-2, which is now called the Scenic Byway. We had that uh, designated here two or three years ago as a Scenic Byway. Um, it's and it makes sense that you had that done, by the way. Yeah, we did it through the, of course, through M, with MDOT yep. and the Top of the Lake Communities Association. Got it, yeah. Right, based here, right out of Navaway, it's like a chamber of commerce, but we call it now Top of the Lake Communities Association. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, so you know, I'm glad you did that. First off, the scenic route is scenic, but then you come along into Little Navaway and you see that little museum. And I know for years I went by and I thought, well, yeah, maybe I'll stop by one of these days. You, the way you described it, you have a bunch of snowmobiles. Well, let me tell you, the way you present them. And the wide variety of sleds that you have there from way long ago to the really modern sleds to the racer sleds that you talked about. And then you have some really other interesting uh, equipment there that uh, I, I just I was surprised to see. Uh, tell us about some of those kind of unique vehicles sure. you have there. Um, you know, they were, we call it conquering the snow. They were, you know, tighter than the snowshoes and the dog sleds and the skis. So they were conquering the snow. Most of the guys wanted to get further in out onto the lakes fishing instead of walking with snowshoes or whatever. Um, so they came up, these smart people, you, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, came up with different kind of contraptions, I guess you would call them, um, to traverse the snow uh you know the the guy that's got the, is blessed with the first manufactured snow sled it was the elias and out of wisconsin he was a trapper he wanted to get free he had bad legs he hmm. wanted to get further into the woods trapping so he had a toboggan and he put some type of a outboard motor on it because outboard motors were around he rigged up this outboard motor to this toboggan in 1924 um so and he he built one the first year, and the second year his neighbor wanted one. He built them out in his back garage, and then the military wanted to buy 200. He hmm. couldn't produce 200 in 1939, so he contracted with the four-wheel drive company to produce the first 200. So he's been blessed with the first manufactured snow sled yeah. for the military. Well, um, and, and so that and the neat a, thing is that you, you have that all on display there. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yes. And you have different different examples of those, you know, different versions of those sleds. So when you go right. through there, I, I, seriously, I think you're going to really enjoy it. And you don't have to be a snowmobiler to have a good time there. No, we get some of the guys that are um, mechanics or engineers. They want to see how it was built, how it runs, how it works. They're down on the floor looking at this, looking at that. Um, yeah, you don't have to be a snowmobiler to enjoy the how how they've progressed along the way. We get some car guys in here to say the same thing. Back in the early 20s, how the cars progressed along, and they say, well, the snowmobiles did, really did the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes. That's a pretty neat thing. Well, so your your organization is called the Top of the Lake Communities Association, appropriately named because uh, Knobbin Way is at that point where Lake Michigan is is at the northernmost point. And you've created a, a, a giant, I guess it's like a steel map of the state. Um, where is that and, and how do we see it? Okay. It is, it's made out of stainless steel. We wanted it so it wouldn't rust. 
So it's about 12 feet tall. It's, like I said, made out of stainless steel. It's at the Garfield Township Marina in, excuse me, in Nobbin Way. Um, the northernmost point is actually like a mile east of Nobbin Way, but it's right along US 2. There was no parking lot because the lake comes right up to the road at the northernmost point a mile before you get to Nobbin Way, uh, coming from the bridge. Um, so that would would not be a safe place to put it. You know, we'd have to build a parking lot on the opposite side of the road. People would have to walk across the road to see the monument. Yeah. It's just not a safe place because of the highway. So we got permission from Garfield Township to put it at the marina, which is right here in Nobbin Way. They've got a play a playground. They've already got a parking lot there. It's plowed. It's maintained. So that was the, the spot that we chose to put the monument at. Sounds, sounds perfect. I, I'm going to check it out next time I'm driving through. Now, when people are driving through, in addition to seeing the museum, making sure to stop and see that, that big map, what else would you recommend people do in the Nobbin Way area? Sure. There's the Garland Zoo is four or five miles outside of town. Um, they've got all kinds of different animals called the Garland Zoo. Um, we do a tractor show in, in Engadine in August. Um, we have a snowmobile show in February. Um, and then we're also, once you're in Nobway, you're only 45 minutes or an hour away from the Big Springs in Manistique. Yeah. You're only 45 minutes away from Mackinac Island maybe an hour away from the Sioux Locks. So there's a lot to see just within an hour of the little town of Nobbinway. Yeah, I agree. And so I don't know if you caught that uh, one day I was driving through there and I saw a mountain lion cross the road. I never yeah. really believed they were there until I saw one. I said, well, Lots of apparently they're there. Yeah, so the wildlife yeah. is certainly there. I can't imagine yeah. I'll ever see that again in my life, but it was it was pretty awesome. Oh, you see coyotes and eagles. Yeah, and my granddaughter just saw a fox yesterday along the road. Um, and, and perhaps a few deer, perhaps. Yes, a few deer. Yes, there you go. Hey, Charlie, thanks for joining us. Charlie Valier, chairperson of the Top of the Lake Snowmobile Museum. Check out that museum. You're going to really like it. You really will. Uh, the website is topofthelake.org. And uh, the next time you visit uh, the UP, you'll just plain be happy that you did. That's all the time we have for Travel Michigan for this week. I am already looking forward to next week. We'll talk to you then here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling.